Lord, we just thank you for these gifts, Lord. We thank you for your abundance in our life, that you bless us every single day from the moment, every minute of our day, whether we're sleeping or walking or awake. We just thank you, Father. We pray that these gifts will be used for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. All right, I'm going to read a, a Bible verse. Um, no, oh, Caitlin, could you put up the Bible verse for me? John 6, lovely, thank you. Uh, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> We're reading from John chapter 6, verses 15 to 21. Jesus, knowing they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the lake where they got into a boat and set off across the lake for Capernaum. By now it was dark and Jesus had not joined them. A strong wind was blowing and the waters grew rough. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat, walking on the water, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I, don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat and immediately the boat reached the shore where they were heading. And now I've titled this message, we're looking at the signs of Jesus uh, and the last in the series, I think. And today I've entitled my message, Why Did Jesus Walk on Water? Now the miracle of Jesus walking on water is not just something biblical scholars and devout Christians know. It's a story that almost everyone knows. But here's the problem with the famous miracle. We tend to focus on the act itself. Wow, what a miracle, Jesus was walked on water. However, every time you read the Bible and you see Jesus doing something amazing, you should ask yourself, why did he do it? Jesus had a purpose for everything that he did, including the miracles and signs. Now we call them signs because they are, they're pointing us to a truth. The word sign and wonders comes from the same Greek word and it's used dozens of times in the New Testament for what authenticates the Lord and his eternal purpose, especially by doing what me men cannot replicate or take credit for. So I want to look at two purposes to why Jesus walked on water. And they are to reveal his divinity and the other is to bring his divinity near to us. Revealing his divinity. Now when we say divinity, we're saying that Jesus claimed to be both man and God. And that's what the church believes, he was both man and God. Now, Christ's divinity is shown over and over again in the New Testament. The Gospel of John clearly identifies Jesus as God. But first of all, let's paint a picture. We need to understand what the expectations of those who lived at the time. From our perspective, we know who Jesus claimed to be, the Messiah God in sandals. But the people of ancient Israel had no New Testament. 
they were living the New Testament. They didn't have a convenient Bible that they could pick up. and They had the Old Testament, but they didn't have the New Testament. So they had the teachings of the rabbis and the hope of the coming Messiah. So Jesus, in verse 15, it says that he knows that they want to take him and make him king. So what they understood and what Jesus was doing were worlds apart. So he goes up into the mountain and he leaves them because he doesn't want the disciples to get involved with this whole thing of being made king. So after dinner, the disciples, they find themselves on the middle of a four-mile lake, the Sea of Galilee, and on any normal day, it takes about four hours to get across. And I know because I've been on the Sea of Galilee, and when it's dead calm, it's beautiful. But on another day, when we are driving around the Sea of Galilee, the wind picked up, and you could see, and I could picture, I could visualise when Jesus would have been out on the water and the disciples would have been out on the water and the water is rough and a storm. But the disciples, they go and they're rowing. And it was probably between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. And they'd probably been rowing for about eight hours. But they still found themselves in the middle of the lake. And we know, if we read from Mark's Gospel in Mark 6, verse 52, it tells us they were struggling in their hearts and in their minds. Get those? Heart, mind. Why? Because they still were struggling with who Jesus was. And he wanted to show them and give them a sign to his disciples that he was God. Because it was the truth they still didn't understand. You see, they understood Jesus had power, but they didn't realise that Jesus was the power. And they realised that Jesus came from God. They didn't realise Jesus was God. So they find themselves in danger. And here's the exciting part in verse 19 and 20. Firstly, they see Jesus approaching and he responds to them. And says, it is I. And in Greek, this is very exciting, translates I am. The personal name of God, I am. But why? What was the point? The signs themselves were not ways for Jesus to show off his power. The miracles vindicated his claims about himself and his teachings. He was revealing his entire divine glory to his disciples. And why was that important? Because in revealing his divinity, he was proclaiming himself as God. And this was no simple claim. He wasn't saying, I am the greatest. He wasn't saying, I have a dream. He was saying, I am God. And because Jesus reveals his divinity, because he proclaims himself as God, it was challenged. And it would be challenged to the point of being nailed to a cross. John 10, 33. We are not stoning you for any good work, they replied, but for blasphemy. Because you, a mere man, claim to be God. And when they stoned people in ancient times, 
It, they killed them. They didn't throw little pebbles. They got the biggest rock they could find and threw it at people. John 5.18. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Now, for us, we know and we're assured that Jesus' earthly ministry, his death, his resurrection, point us to the truth of who Jesus was. That indeed he was both God and man. Now, not only did Jesus want to reveal his divinity to his disciples so that they understood who he was, but he also wanted to, for them to experience his divinity near them. What does that mean? That kind of sounds strange. So in order to kind of get a grasp of that, we're going to look at the Old Testament just quickly. Now, we read many times in the Old Testament where God revealed himself to different people through signs and wonders. Example, Moses, burning bush. That is a sign God revealed himself. And he calls Moses then. Other times. And then later on in Exodus, we find that Moses and the people have come out of Egypt. And just before God gives Moses the Ten Commandments, he has this conversation with Moses. And this is what he said. Uh, do I have that? I don't think I do. And the Lord said, oh, we do, there we go. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. Here we read that God passed by and revealed his divinity to Moses, but it was at a distance. Moses could only see God in part. It wasn't a full revelation. So for the New Testament people, this is how they knew and understood God and their relationship with God. It was only in distant. God was revealed just in passing. It was this kind of you know, distant relationship. But God was going to change that with Christ. For thousands of years, God prepared his people and mankind that a Messiah would come, where God would take on human form to become the saviour of the world. And God thought, I'm going to completely turn on its head your understanding of who I am. And that will come through my son, and he'll be me in every single way. Matthew 1 Verse 23, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So Jesus performs the signs like walking on water to show them his divinity, to reveal his divinity and to bring the divinity near to them. God was near them. He didn't have power, he was the power. And Jesus, you know, 
was saying, I don't just provide bread. I am the bread. I am the way. I am the good shepherd. God was no longer to be seen at a distance. God would no longer pass by. Jesus revealed his divinity by coming near to them. He walked on water, proclaimed his name, I am. Jesus stands in front of you and proclaims, I am. The question is, what are you going to do about it? Because of Christ's life, death, resurrection, we too can experience God up close. Hallelujah. I'm excited about that. I can have a personal relationship with God. But there's a choice to be made. And the remaining part of verse 21 says this. They were glad to take him into the boat. So they just didn't let Jesus pass by. They didn't let Jesus be at a distance. They made a choice to let Jesus in. We have a choice and as Christians we need to ask ourselves this. Do we keep Jesus at a distance? It's easy to do. Does Jesus pass by in our daily life? Easy to do. So this is what we need to do. Jesus revealed his divinity. Jesus' divinity comes near to us and this is what we need to do. The first thing is don't let Jesus pass by. Our hearts can become hardened by service. It can become hard by just the grind of everyday life from stuff happening. We went here for three weeks, but in that three weeks, a whole lot of different things happened and it can just, it can be really like, ugh. And there's the times when we don't harden our heart and we let Jesus in. And what I love about this story is that Jesus doesn't reveal his divinity when life is going great. Or when, you know, they're having a great time. It's quite the opposite. The disciples are struggling. They're struggling in their heart and in their mind and Jesus comes to them and he gets in the boat with them and they let him in the boat. And we often think that, you know, the only way God will come near to us is when life is going really well or when we're praying all the time or when we're reading the Bible every time, you know, we're living in perfect faith and obedience. Like, you know, Moses, you know, he lived a great life. But Jesus will cross any barrier to meet with us, to meet with me, to meet with you in good times or in bad times. Not just when we're living in obedience, but also when we're in our darkest times and struggles, Jesus reveals himself to us. So we need to continually let Jesus in. We need to quieten our spirit. We need to stop. And I echo what Caleb said a few weeks ago about how we need to silence ourselves. But that scares us as Christians. 
we feel that we have to make noise before God. And there are scriptures that shout for joy and everything, but there are all times when, you know, silence, when we just need to be silent before God. And silence, I read this this morning, I thought it was great. Silent isn't empty. It's full of answers. And I like that. So we need to just stop. Stop wanting, stop desiring, stop worrying. Just stop and listen. So the second thing is, we need to believe and be secure in God. If we read further on in John chapter 6, Jesus has given a lengthy dialogue to the people and the result is this. Some of the people refused to see Jesus as God and they walked away. They were after the signs. They wanted the signs. They wanted their bellies full. They didn't really care about who Jesus was. So they walked away. But Jesus said this to the twelve. Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. John chapter 6, verses 67 to 69. Finally, ding, 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 ding. Peter declares, we believe and we know. Peter acknowledges there was a process coming to understanding. We have come to know. Finally, he realises and the disciples realise who Jesus was. For us, my security is not dependent upon my ability to never doubt or struggle, but his ability and his divinity to walk on water and come to me over and 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 over. God desires to show us convincingly that his saving purposes for you are unshakable. My security is in the fact that I believe and I know that Jesus is the Holy One of God. And if you believe in Jesus, then no matter what's thrown at you, no matter what struggles, you can be secure in the knowledge that your salvation is secure in Jesus. You can believe and know. So why did Jesus walk on water? That was to reveal and bring his divinity near to us. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending Jesus. I thank you that his life, his death, his resurrection brings us to you. That in his life he revealed his divinity, and because of this, Lord, we can know that he was God. When he declared, I am, we can know that that is truth, and that truth points, it to, points us to you. I pray, Lord, for, for us here right now, Lord, that if people do not know you, Lord, that they, they will, can leave here assured that you are the great I am. 
that you seek to have a relationship with them, Lord, that you are real, that you are truth. I thank you, Father. I thank you that your great love for us, Lord, is just so unending. We can't fathom it, Lord. We can't contain it. We just pray, Father, that you'll just continue to help us to grow in you, to help us to spend those times of silence in your presence, to not be fearful of it, but to grasp it and to enjoy it. It's not about what we do, Lord. It's about just being in your presence, loving you and serving you. We just thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.